It's a good show. Welcome to your making it worse. We're here. We're queer. Who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So Taylor Swift. Fuck her. (laughs) Great start. (laughs) I hate Taylor Swift. Do you? Yeah, I just, well, I don't hate. I just don't give a fuck about her. Every time I see any news article with Taylor Swift, I'm just like, I'm asleep. She's sort of how I feel about like the Kardashians. and I actually like the Kardashians, though. But for me, like the Kardashians, I don't dislike them, but I don't dislike them. But like the way you feel about Taylor Swift, I'm neutral. Neutral. Completely neutral. However, a a big shift happened, I guess, because Taylor Swift finally came out. And was political, uh-huh. which a lot of people Finally. For, like. We needed her to be political. Well, right? No, man. A <laughs> yeah. lot of a lot of people um, in the culture were waiting because they. A lot of people resented her because she wouldn't say anything, especially during the election. People which were, is crazy. Yeah, well, that's these are my, people who I probably think, like never struggled to pay a cell phone bill. Well, like, it's just it's just, just like, way too much time on their hands. It's uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I understand. I, I understand. I get it. Trump's the worst, blah, blah, blah. But it's like it's so inappropriate for us to demand yeah. that our celebrities or singers or whatever have to become political. And God forbid they don't agree with us. I don't need Taylor Swift to, like, shake Trump off. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need her to turn that song into, like, an anti-Trump song. Yeah. I don't ever want to hear yeah, that song right. again. I do right. not like that song one bit. Never did. Never have. That's the only song I know of her. I'm more oh. of an Enchanted guy. What is that? Oh, wow. Is that one, one of her songs? songs? That's yeah. like an early cut, huh? Oh, Mean. I love Mean. Mm. Oh, you like the album Red, don't you? Is that what that's from? I don't think that's from Red. Or her I country forget. vibes? I think it, Mean is, er, is like early oh, Taylor Swift. Oh, you like Swift. country Taylor Swift. And yeah, uh... Yeah, I just yeah, I find it kind of folksy and fun. Yeah, she was. I, that's I just I, I was again never into her one way or like the a other. Like a Crate and Barrel experience. Yeah, <laughs> people were. I remember going to Crate and Barrel once with my mom, like when I was like nineteen. Yeah. My mom was like, "This is what I always envisioned where you would buy your furniture when you grew up." That's very sweet. <laughs> it's very sweet, but also very depressing. Yeah. <laughs> why? I don't know why. It was just kind of weird to think that. My mom was thinking where I would buy huh. my furniture. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, it's also yeah. a random place for your mom to think you would buy. I mean, unless she envisioned you to be like a very sort of like, you know, fancy gay yeah. man who would want to meticulously decorate well, his home. Well, let's be fair. At, at 19, Brent was wearing pink. I was yeah. wearing a lot of pink. Almost exclusively. I am. I still haven't <laughs> painted a wall in my life. Yeah. I've never painted one wall. Yeah, you, you, every apartment I've ever been in of yours always looks it's like you just moved in. Utilitarian. <laughs> utilitarian. <laughs> yeah. Remember your I bedroom in Brooklyn? I am a little offended by that, but I also agree. <laughs> no, it's totally true. I mean, also, you have a leather couch, which is like the mark of a straight dude, which is just like— <laughs> No, it's suede, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean have, it's yeah. it's 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 shiny and you can slide off of it if you're wet. Yeah. True. Like, uh, yeah. True. I don't I don't like that couch. Mm. Yeah. I'm a West Elm guy now though. <laughs> when it comes to furniture, love, I'm all about West Elm. Love West Elm. Which isn't yeah. ubiquitous in this country. It's no, not a crate barrel. You no. don't see it in every no. town above fifty thousand people, but right. West Elm is 
killing it. Nothing gives West me Elm. a boner like Home Goods. You know, like home I walk goods in, is great. I walk However, into a Home Goods. It's it is low rent, but that's what I like because I'm I'm white trash. I just love fucking walking. I don't think it's trashy. It is trash. It's not. It's a bit trashy. No, no they have, you know they what? have like they have like a <laughs> every time you go into a Home Goods, there's like furniture and then there's like a pile of well, books in yeah, the middle. For they some that's what it's like. They stop caring about like restocking and making anything look good. They're just like put it in the middle. Exactly, which is why it's Marshalls. Which is why I love it. My mom, we I grew up on Marshalls, like literally. Truly, at Home Goods and Marshalls, just being like lost in piles of books, these yeah, piles yeah, of clothing yeah. and and goods. And to me, I enjoy that a little bit, that hunt. But then you get there, and <laughs> it becomes for me high stress sure. because mm-hmm. there's so much to look at and so much to think about that suddenly, like buying a fucking throw pillow becomes like an identity crisis for right. me, right. and it's just too much. But um, yeah. I just want to shift back to Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Basically, what happened was she she quote unquote finally came out and was political. Um, and a lot of people, again, like I was saying before, a lot of um, people, again, in the pop culture realm sure, yeah. were waiting for her to say something during the Trump era, during, when Me Too started, but she wouldn't. And there was, of course, all this blowback at the idea that she's a Republican, she's a Republican, she's but a Republican. she did with her trial. I mean, that was like the height but it, of— But that wasn't like hyper—that yeah, wasn't That wasn't that partisan. That was, though. That was a, I mean, you see her on stand with that awesome feminist stance that she took just being yeah. like— your yeah, hand it was, was amazing. On it was amazing, and that is her being— political. Guys, applaud her for that. I, I agree. Well, we did on this podcast. Yeah, we did. did. She's yeah. great. But that, I think, again, I'm just talking about the, the yeah, type yeah, of... Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Anyway, so she posted a whole thing on Instagram, and um, in part of it, she said, I believe in the fight for... She was talking about... Um, uh, voting in Tennessee right. and, and encouraging people in Tennessee to vote because that's where she's from. I believe in the fight for LGBTQ rights and that any form of discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender is, all caps, wrong. And she said, I cannot support Marsha Blackburn. Her voting record uh, appalls and terrifies me. Marsha Blackburn is pretty crazy. Yeah, she is. How so? Uh, she's just um, she's with like she's very Trump. incendiary. I mean, she's, she's a huge Trump supporter. She, well, and mm. it's not even so much. It's like she shifted her talking points to match sort of Trump's talking points in the sort of very combative, you know, in your face. I'm just not being PC way. Mm, yeah. And she, it's it's what a lot of the Trump effect on a lot of Republican candidates around the country. Right. And she's mm-hmm. taken that when she could have gone in a very direct sort of just standard conservative direction, but she went into the Trump direction. But, and I think uh-huh. if, if if Taylor Swift is coming out against something like that, being a native, is she native of Tennessee? I think so. I actually don't think she is. I think she's from like Pennsylvania or someplace oh, that's I not think, really But does she country. live in Tennessee now? I think she does. I think yeah. she lives in Nashville. Um, she's I mean, a castle in Tennessee. And who's mm-hmm. the Democrat in Tennessee? Do you know? Phil Bredesen, who's yeah. actually a good candidate because he's a former governor, governor yeah. and was very popular, but although he's, not doing he's well. slipping yeah. I mean, this, this will probably come now. out after the midterms, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Oh, so he, oh, he, might, maybe, yeah. he might have already lost or won, hopefully. But her doing this, I think... May, is a good thing against Marsha, but I don't know if it's necessarily like I wanted to know Taylor Swift's views on Marsha. Well, here's the thing. I mean, again, I don't know. It's not. This is not a definitive thing, but um, according to KABC, um, voter, which is in LA, but nevertheless, yeah. voting registration nationwide and in Tennessee spiked by thousands of new voters just 24 well, hours. That's great. After Taylor joined the host of celebrities, encouraging their fans to go out and vote. So it's not just obviously the Taylor I mean, Swift yeah, effect, I mean, look, but that's. I mean, there, no one can say there's nothing. There's there's no scenario in which anyone can be <laughs> yeah. dismissed for encouraging people to vote. And also, so like, great. if if even though I don't give a fuck about Taylor Swift, and I think it's ridiculous <laughs> that if you the way you vote 
depends <laughs> on how Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift right. views. I think you need to really do more in your life. But if you are voting against someone as dangerous, in my opinion, as Marsha Blackburn, and you're basing your decision on what Taylor Swift has decided to do, well, then please do it. <laughs> and for it. Sure. <laughs> what if what if this podcast? Is the tipping point. Oh, my God. What if after Taylor Swift <laughs> oh helps all these people get registered to vote, it's actually the our 10 fans yeah, in yeah, Tennessee yeah. that are like, you know what? <laughs> the guys are right. Yeah. we got to go vote for Phil Bredesen. <laughs> the guys. Um, I will say, I'll say, you know, uh, I'm, I'm using a Brent term, but I'll say this. Um, <laughs> I don't th- I may, I don't want to be like – I don't mean to be uh, hyper negative here, but I, I've never believed – for a moment that a celebrity endorsement I don't actually either. changes a mind. Not at all. I think the idea of somebody saying, go out and vote, if you hear it enough, maybe it pushes you. But I don't think that even like with Hillary, it was like uh, when Katy Perry was like on Team Hillary and doing her songs mm. and doing her um, speeches. I, I don't know. Again, it's it, I, I'm not a psychic. I don't a, know much it has like a you guys weird do. weird history, but... though, in that like celebrities – didn't always endorse political candidates and right. wasn't always a thing. And it really was the Kennedy election with Frank Sinatra that kind of tipped that in a different direction because Frank Sinatra did the song, the Kennedy song during the campaign. And it really – The lady be- is a tramp? No. <laughs> but it really became um, like like a thing for celebrities then to endorse candidates. Yeah. And, Nobody and, did that really before, before – I mean they did but not – not in the way that I mean, especially during the whole McCarthy hearings and like there was this great moment when Catherine Hepburn was accused of being a Republican and then she made that that film that was supposed to like soften her image. But it was like a big accusation against her that she was not a Republican, a communist. And then she walked out, um, which was rare for a, any celebrity to be at a convention, Republican or Democrat. But she walked out on a Democrat at the Democrat, the next Democratic convention in a very long red flowing dress because oh, of the red shit. scare. And it was such like an iconic moment uh-huh. to see this woman who was known for her pants and her being very sort of feminine. Or whatever, and she's wearing this beautiful long red gown, almost poking a finger at Republicans, being yeah. like, "Call me a communist, right. fuck you." What year was that? Uh, I guess it would have been fifty-four. Yeah, no, it would have been fifty-six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if if celebrity endorsements made a difference, we would have seen it in twenty sixteen. Totally. Every mm-hmm. single celebrity, except for Scott Baio, endorsed yeah. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah. So and, true. And, and Dean Cain. Uh, Ew. Former Superman. Dean Cain. Uh, Trump supporter. Question, though, and you guys would know this better than I do, although Brent might not because he wasn't even born yet. But in 1992. I wasn't born. He wasn't born yet. Yeah. uh, That felt like a year that where things felt like a, it was a big shift, especially because Clinton for was such, celebrities. No, for Bill Clinton, because he was such a, a youthful candidate and he was doing, um, you know, the MTV. He was reaching out to the the young to young voters. Mm-hmm. Um. And I and still that like ridiculous moment of him playing the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. It wasn't ridiculous though. I, I know what I'm saying is it when I think back, it's like that is that looks so ridiculous now in retrospect. Yeah. But it feels like it was historically a smart it was such thing a, to do a swift a swift um, and sweeping change in the way that politicians were approaching celebrity. I mean, sort of. You had the '80s were consumed by a celebrity president, Ronald Reagan, who mm. embodied sort of old Hollywood and Hollywood sort of uh, glamour in a way. And there were a lot of celebrities that were involved within going like there, the, the, the fucking White House 
state dinners were celebrity affairs with Princess Diana dancing with John Travolta and shit. So like that idea of as friends, just as friends, just mm-hmm, as friends, mm-hmm. just as friends. That idea of celebrity and politics was really cemented long before 1992. But there was because of you know MTV and because of this you know popular and rock culture, the vote right and rock the vote came coming out that it did shift. Because Clinton was the first baby boomer president, it could have been Dukakis. And Dukakis, brother of an Academy Award winning actress, Olympia Dukakis, uh-huh. who'd That's won the brother? year before. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, or no, she won that year. He was running for president. But uh, but but I mean, French. He's, he's Greek. <laughs> OK, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Great. Um, but it, but it really did shift because he was the first sort of baby boomer president. And he was also the first president that's first Democratic candidate or any candidate, really, that spoke openly about bringing in LGBT people into the fold, bringing in, you know, you had a very feminist sort of first lady that we had never really seen, not since Eleanor Roosevelt. Right. And so it was a it really was new. And also you had two candidates that like historically it always was if there was a young candidate, you had to have an older, more seasoned statesman to mm-hmm. balance out the ticket. And Clinton flipped that and said, no, we're going to have a young guy who's in the Senate. Who's from the South, just like me. youthful, vibrant Al Gore. Right. And, well, I mean, yes. <laughs> but but it was really revolutionary because that had never happened in modern American politics where they were from the same part of the country. They were both around the same age. <clears throat> there was yeah. no sort of need for looking yeah, back to the way things used it. to be. It was yeah. looking forward. Well, here's my question. Do you think that if the equivalent of Taylor Swift in 1992 had come out the way that Taylor Swift did recently. Who would be the equivalent in 92? Madonna? Taylor Dane. I was thinking Madonna. Yeah. And yeah. she came out very, I mean, she was huge in Rock the Vote. Right. So do you She think... had the famous sort of flag moment. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Do you think that things have changed since then in well, that way? I think celebrities just How become so? bigger. Yeah. The, the idea that, culture. that if that Madonna's effect on voters in 1982 is in some way equal to Taylor Swift's uh, ability to... I mean, I, I I would um, – I guess I would just – I mean, t- to be real specific, I'd, I would have to like look at numbers and see what, what kind of difference what there you was feel? made. You know, I mean, p- because we can – you know, I think historians like to write books and talk about how rock the vote has changed the world. But like yeah. was turnout better? Was I mean, it, in, it's, in certain demographics, was it better? I, it's I don't know. The biggest celebrity in the world <clears throat> gave a concert the night before election day. For Hillary Clinton, Bruce Beyonce, Beyonce and Jay Z, and yeah. that did nothing clearly yeah. for Hillary Clinton. I mean, half half the people at the concert probably didn't vote. Yeah. Statistically speaking, yeah, forty yeah. percent so, of them certainly didn't. I don't think celebrity has any influence whatsoever on people's voting patterns. I just think it's a really fun way for websites to get clicks. The only the, the big <laughs> the big mess that I remember very distinctly was vote or die. Remember that? Yeah, and like, wasn't it like? Did and then we found out it wasn't that like P Diddy. <laughs> yes. and he wasn't even who, registered to vote. Yes, I yeah. believe that's what the was. Case. Who did that? It was nothing. It was like a terribly oh six. Was, yeah. it a, was it a play on New Hampshire's Live Free or Die? Like, it no, was I think a, it was no, just like Vote like or Die, end, Paris yeah, Hilton and Puffy or whatever, it and it was Paris just a Hilton fucking mess. And P Diddy, wow. yeah, and it was like it's P Diddy, right? Uh, it keeps changing. Puffy, yeah, P. Puff. Diddy, Diddy, right. Daddy. Mr. Combs. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> P. But, Duty. Uh... I like to call him P. Duty. <laughs> <laughs> P. Not even joking. Well, we're here with Gabby Dunn. Hi, Gabby. Hi. 
Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm so happy. I was saying I'm so happy you guys have a podcast. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> because we it's just that. like so great, and you three are great. Well, and you're so great. sweet. Well, thanks. Well, yeah, but I have a podcast alone, like yeah. a loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but your podcast, Bad With Money, is so, so good. Thank you. So good. Thank you. What's it about? I've been on it. Yeah. Yes. Well, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Uh, yeah, it's called Bad With Money. Um, it's in. It's just finished its third season. Uh, it's about like finances and feelings, I yeah. say, but it's also like research based. Um, and it's about like, you know, why we don't know anything about money, why I don't know anything about money, how to learn stuff about money, you why know, the situation, like the system's fucked up. Yeah. I've always thought this is so fascinating that, first of all, that's great. Thanks. That we live in such an aggressively capitalist nation, which fine, fine with me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I can hang. Mm-hmm. But we don't teach people, our, 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 like our kids, in our public schools, how to do basically anything but balance a checkbook. Yeah. Absolutely. I still basically don't know what, I mean, I know what a mortgage is and how it works, but I don't know a lot of the terms, terminology. No. Well, and it blows me away that I, I almost get conspirac- conspiratorial about no, no, I was about, about to join you. I'm about to join you on that train because I, I have a, a book coming out in January, um, which is a Bad With Money book. And... Like, basically, you're right. It's not a conspiracy. Like, all of this stuff is kept from us on purpose by, like, the people at the top to maintain the status quo. There's almost no economic mobility right now. And there's also, like, no, you know, I think, like, it was something like 63% of Americans couldn't come up with $400 in case of an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that. And, we're and like, we're kept from knowing these things. And even, like, you know, like, um, retirement is never marketed to LGBTQ people. Yeah. And that's partially because, like, trans women have, like, a very low... Low, um, generally, like a low life expectancy, but also like you know that like it, it's just marketed to one certain type of person, and like we didn't have marriage equality and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like they, the marriage equality thing, just yeah. to cut you off, that's something that I often I often talk about in that you know for for literally. I mean, for the past century, at least, uh, queer people, gay people have not had the right to marry so that their benefits Absolutely. have been going back to the government mm-hmm. and not to the spouse that they were not legally allowed to wed. Right. And during the HIV AIDS movement, you yep. have now you have senior citizens, LGBT senior citizens who they are either having trouble getting into mm-hmm. senior citizens. I write about this in the book. I write yeah. about this exact thing. Or they don't have any retirement plans. So they're having to work well into their 70s, mm-hmm. 80s. This, yeah. The baby boomers, oh, which is a huge generation of people. Yeah, specifically who the lived people. Through who lived through quality. the quite Well, let me jump yeah. in and let you guys know that my dad, Larry, <laughs> is a financial planner. He's and yes! amazing. And he's a handsome guy. Oh my handsome God. guy. Handsome guy. Handsome guy. As Brent makes sure to point out all know. the time. I yeah. love Larry uh, and his jokes. I always forget he's he, a bit of a ham in person. He's, he's such a ham. ham. Yeah. Such a ham. But such I should a ham. point and out that... And his children are not? <laughs> <laughs> no, not as much as no, Larry. So Larry. Larry. I called Larry. I called Larry a couple years ago when I needed, like, money because I was I had a job that was... Wait, did he give you money? No, no, no. Can no. I call Larry? I, was, I needed, like, advice <laughs> on money and, like, investment and all these things because like, yeah. I had a job that I was making a lot of money and then literally, like, a month later I lost that job. Yeah. But... He's amazing. He's amazing, yeah. and then he goes out of his way to like do financial planning with LGBT people. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I shouldn't laugh. It's oh. just like no. they're so they're no, it's, so it's liberal. Needed. There are, so needed. Yeah, there are people sweet. that that do that. Like there are you know planners that specifically do that. But yeah, like that, and then also you know the way that um, 
like stuff is just like you know redlining kept black people away from credit cards and yeah, right. how like the symbol of and mortgages yeah and yeah. The, and the symbol of um of Wall Street is literally a bull with yeah. like testicles like keep whatever like keeping women out yeah. like yeah um, one woman I interviewed on the podcast she worked in Wall Street in the eighties and she said she would get back to her desk and there would just be xeroxes of like men's dicks on her desk wow that's insane so like cool. you know we've all been kept out of this kind of thing so that's kind of like more what the the book is about and I'm like. I'm like go. I go full conspiracy theorist yeah. in the book. So. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good for you. Well, I, mean, so you I, I think we need to at least. Yeah. At least that starts a conversation about yeah. people and what we should be doing with our money. I mm-hmm. mean, and the fact that a lot of us don't have a lot of money. Right. Yeah. I mean, demystifying the idea of even us as working professionals, entertainment professionals, people look at us and they're thinking like, you're living in LA, it's obviously yeah. expensive mm-hmm, to live there, mm-hmm. but in reality, like, I know yeah. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, sure. most I people mean, it, are who yeah. have some sort of name recognition. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I, but then again, we have friends who have so much money. Exactly. Like, I have a friend, this is crazy, <laughs> I have a friend who paid someone to help him find a car. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. If you remember it... from past episodes. <laughs> I didn't pay him. Okay, I used his services again recently. <laughs> For what? Who For is what? this person? He's a magical car man who works for my business manager's company. So he... Well, the business manager part is also a problem. <laughs> Whatever. I have, I have a business manager. manager. I have a business manager. I have a business manager. I don't. I don't. He Do works... you have an assistant? No. Okay. No, no, no. Do you? Like, kind of. I had one for the book. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. No, this guy is a magical car guy. Wait, what did he do for you recently? Yeah, what did he do? I don't want to tell you. Oh, <laughs> you brought it up. Now you have to say. No, you have brought to. brought it up. You have I, to. I, I know did. you brought it up. Technically, I brought it up. My <laughs> podcast is about transparency, Elliot. Uh, what did right. he do? He helped me renew my driver's license. <laughs> Wait. Did he go to the DMV for you? Shut not the... for no. me, but with me and was able to skip me in line. What? Wait, wait. Oh, my God. Whole, no, I just spent a whole day at the DMV. Oh, my God. Are you joking? Yeah, like, literally this a is week not ago. Elliot, you need to be a re- you, you need really to be do, Elliot. What he does. This, you are what? bad with money. I am. <laughs> oh, my. But this By is the like... way, the, the DMV in yeah. Lincoln Park... In L.A. is very quiet. You know oh, what you okay. can do? It's really go simple. It's this will. thing. You I go will. onto the website and you schedule an appointment with the DMV. They don't care for about an appointment. No, I, did it. They don't care about I did it and I got, I got through there real Depends quick. Depends on the oh, day God. where you go. Did you go to Lincoln there. Park? You probably went to Lincoln went, Park. No, I went to one in Glendale. Glendale's pretty good. Yeah. Just, you son of a bitch. Yeah. All right, yeah. so let's 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 talk about uh, coming out, which oh, is what we mean. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about why we brought. Well, I mean, we wanted to talk about. Like gay money too, but sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting to ask you about your coming out process if you're comfortable talking about that. Yeah, I was prepped by your producer. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, we have a producer. Um, no, I mean, it's in, you're interesting. Your story is interesting to me because it felt like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you sort of came out in public slowly, mm-hmm. and I'm interested in how, how much of that was like thought thought of beforehand how much was premeditated how much was accidental like and also how do you identify oh uh, i identify as bisexual but i i had yeah i mean brent's leaving brent just got up to leave (laughs) i'm leaving i'm leaving no elliot elliot is pan curious and uh, oh congrats (laughs) pancake curious Um, truly yeah just heading to house of pies after this that's right um yeah it's like 
Oh, I don't want to say what I was going to say. Well, you can say it. You live near there. I do. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if the fans would stalk you or whatever. I don't give a fuck. I want a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> Does like it feel love? Um, it's the dream for a performer. It really is a, a dream. No. It is a dream. Maybe right. for no dudes. Like I'm open to it, guys. Maybe for dudes. Yeah, but anyway, maybe so. so um, yeah, no, it wasn't really planned out at all. I mean, it was such a part of my life when we started, like, getting more, you know, fame, whatever, quote-unquote fame on YouTube. So, like, I just, it didn't occur to me to hide it, which now I'm like, God, I could have monetized the shit out of that video. Like, <laughs> right. oh, my God, I should have done such a tearful coming out right. and made so much yeah. money. But... Because that is a that is a trope now, I feel oh, like, Oh, yeah, right? and oh, I didn't yeah. even think ahead, and that would have been amazing. But anyway. Who's the dude on the Gay Times magazine who came out, like, every year? Recently, it was the whole thing. Oh, wait, he, like, made a new video Yeah, he made year? a new video every year of him coming out, and, and then finally, like, a magazine picked it up or something. Oh. I'll, I'll Google so it and figure God, out his I money. should do that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, so um, when we started stuff, but I, like, was writing online, and I would, I would write about it. Um, and this was while you were doing videos with Allison? When I was doing videos with Allison, I mean, we kind of, I don't know. Allison remember. Raskin. Yes. I don't know when it came up initially, but I think it was always kind of part of the persona mm-hmm. um, because we we played with we were like odd couples, so we played she played like a very prudish, uptight, like um, 1950s housewife kind right, of person right. uh, and then I was sort of doing like, you know I think in our first episode I'm smoking a bowl, like I was just doing and I was, I'm wearing like a trucker hat like, <laughs> right, right. I, was, I was doing kind of like a wild, wild child persona sure, yeah um, and, like, weirdly, I know it's, like, a stereotype, but, like, the bisexuality played into that. Mm. Um, so, oh, wait, yeah. how so? <laughs> because, like, I was just, like, I was playing up, like, being slutty. Got it. And so. Got it. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, you were, like, uh, my favorite stereotype. No, um, <laughs> we, I mean, we had a, we had a, in 2015, we had a, a pilot at MTV um, that was literally called Slut versus Prude. Wow. And wow. it was, like, uh, <laughs> about us being that way. Um but yeah, so, um, so it, I kind of I didn't like think it through that much. I mean, I like came out right when I got to college because mm. I went to Emerson, which is a very gay school, and oh, so I was sure. like, I'm ready. Wait, it is? <laughs> no, I didn't know. Is it? Yeah, is Emerson it is like very like three LGBTQ school oh, in really? the country. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I thought Boston's like a tough city to be anything but white in. Anything but straight and white. No. Ye- well, Boston's tough and very racist, but. Yeah. Um, but no, Emerson's just like a little gay hub. Mm. Yeah, Massachusetts. I mean, Massachusetts has. I know, but Boston's like a Robinstown nightmare. town, and I mean Boston. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. I, see, I love Boston. I, mm. like I love it too. I love it too. But it is. It's got like some real dark history. Yes. Yeah. Um, everyone who lives there always talks about how racist it is. But, yeah. but like, <laughs> as a visitor, you're like, I don't see that i do i've seen it i'm like like, where was paul revere yeah (laughs) well so like you kind of i mean and i think in a lot of ways cheers bar (laughs) he's just like cheers oh my god he's just hung out in faneuil hall oh my god i think think even for all of us really like our sexuality (laughs) and the idea of coming out it never really we never really had to do that which is very different from entertainment professionals back in the day where they had to actually and they still do in many cases whereas we kind of professionally have always just been out. But nobody sure. took me seriously. Like, when I was doing stand-up, I would do jokes about being bisexual, and on our channel, I was do doing stuff Do you think that's because of... bisexuality is such a trigger word? Is it word? real? No. Uh... It is real. <laughs> but do you think it's, it's such a trigger and that people yeah. think it's not real? And I was, like, a femme girl, which yeah. I am now again. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Um, but, like, you know, I was doing, like, uh, like, I was... So, like, I think, like, a lot of friends of mine 
and even my parents said, oh, we like heard your stand up where you talked about being bi, but we we just like it never registered. Like we were like that. No, you know, I've yeah. actually gotten that. I talk about being gay pretty extensively in my act mm-hmm. but via any number of jokes or whatever. And I was doing a show years ago. This is a show suite in New York, which is a great show. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a the the host of the show would always have a guest on stage. Oh, I know mm-hmm. this story. Yeah. And this guest oh my God. was like a really like famous, really good looking uh, uh, actor. And I remember after my set, you kind of riff with the with the guy, and he was like, "Are you really gay?" And I yeah, just, exactly. I was so it was really the one of the only times in my life me. I really felt <laughs> deflated and mm, shitty. Yeah. yeah, and it bothered me. It's like what? Like I have you to would be do a gay minstrel bit? show for you to b- believe it? Why would right. I? Why would I? Yeah, you know, I had. I, why would I volunteer information that makes me hateable to half of America? Right, yeah. right off the bat, if right. it wasn't true. I had a comic, and this is how I first before I met you in New York. This was, I guess, two thousand six, maybe mm-hmm. sure. two thousand five. I um, I had a comic. I was doing a show I somewhere. I was in high school, by the way. Anyway, oh. <laughs> we're so old. Just wanted to let um, everyone know that I was doing a show somewhere in the East Village, and someone brought you up, and they said to me, they were like, "Oh, he's he's such a great comic. He's so funny, and you would never know he's gay." And why is that a compliment? I immediately in my head, I didn't. It wasn't a read against you, but I was like, you know, it's okay to be. Gay. Like, right. That's not sure. part of this. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what makes him funny or not? Yeah. Like, yeah. he's just a human being who is gay, who is funny as well. Right. Well, that's well, all first things, things first. It sounds like you're asking in a in a roundabout way for an autograph headshot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd be more than happy to oblige. It's weird because he's holding a pride flag in the headshot. It's so, so strange. I don't really it's understand. So strange. And it's black and white. So, like, why? <laughs> I've never had. I I've lived my life. I mean, I'm I'm a fairly sort of flamboyant. I am flamboyant. Uh, openly gay person. I'm wearing a Fucking, what would you call this? Mumu. Oh I'm my wearing god, a we're mumu. both wearing rompers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and so like being gay has always—I've never had to come out. I've never had to have that yeah. experience because I've just sort of been raised into this. Mm. It's okay. And the idea of someone asking me, yeah. "Are you really gay?" is mm. so foreign to me. No, yeah. people would ask me all the time, "Are you really bi?" Are Do you... people uh, uh, challenge you? They're like, you're not. Right, well, on. not so much anymore, but it mm. used to be, yeah. I mean, I people just like want to give you their opinion when mm. you're bi. So like, <laughs> fun. So like, I yeah, like I had a I had a gay friend who one time, like an old friend who like should have known better. A gay a gay guy was like, well, I just think you're a lesbian and you don't know and you don't yeah. want to say it. And yeah. then that I was like, I had a phase like sti- that too, and I regret it. But that's uh, the okay. stig. Yeah, that's wait. You had a phase where you felt that, or you extra- experienced that. Oh, in college, I I I in a couple different ways would tell friends like I had a friend who was bisexual and I would be like oh you're I think I said you're really a lesbian or I, I think I even I fluctuated which makes even less sense right. and I, reg- yeah. I, re- I definitely regret it now yeah um, it's so uh, it's so yeah. interesting because it's like it is I feel like it's such a stigma that I've heard forever that it's like he's just waiting to be gay mm-hmm. she's yeah. just waiting to be a lesbian it's like I think no it's... not that's that's because it's your your experience is limited yeah and don't yeah. you think I would say that because it'd be easier well also it's like as a gay when a gay person says that it's like that point exactly it's like do you think I do you think this person chose to have more of a struggle because <laughs> if you did you choose to be gay 
because you know that's a struggle and a ridiculous premise. So this person's only choosing to make things even more complicated. Yes and no. I have a like an issue with Born This Way that I've talked about on other podcasts, which I think is just like a thing we say to to straight people to be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry yeah. about the gay thing. Like the struggle oh, thing, too. I you know agree. what I mean? I, it's... Oh, it's just like I, I was, you know, I had a deficiency. What can I do? It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? That whole, that no, whole like, sort of narrative you. of people well, saying, that's, like, that's interesting. why I would I choose to be way. gay? Why would I choose to struggle because in this way? And it's like, Great. I love being gay. It's never been it's a struggle for me. I fucking love it. Yes, oh, but it was a struggle, struggled. but now, oh man, so good. I, but, I've but, never, I mean, I'll be honest, I've never really struggled being gay. It's great. But let's not, I mean, the, I think the reason why that comes out is because, um, you know, America or really a democracy, any any country prides itself on we judge people by their character mm-hmm. and not what is inborn. So uh, everyone yes, knows being racist is bad because you, yeah. how could you conceivably blame someone for being a born, quote, a, a, certain a racist baby. And so I, I've See, always viewed it as an baby. efficient no. argument because it's like, you can't hate me because the crux of a democracy, sure. <laughs> the crux of being a good person is that you don't hate someone for who they are fundamentally. Yeah. With that said, I totally get where you're coming from. But, but I also think, I think it's, it's another way argument. for us to be like, we're different. We struggled. We need, we're we're somehow different from the rest of you. So like, you have to give us special attention. And it's like, no, we're but literally I, the same people. We no, are. No, but I think, I think we are different. And like, fuck you. Like, you don't have to understand or like us to yeah. respect us. Well, That's how you feel like, about We're this. different. Sorry. Like, I, this whole thing of like, and part of it is with marriage equality, which I'm so happy we have, obviously, but like, I, that was, a, to me, that's an easy one because yeah. straight people are like, we love marriage. You guys love marriage? Great. Mm-hmm. But like the other stuff, like like PrEP and like other things like that, like they don't understand. They don't you know even what I mean? know it's a medication for HIV. Yeah. They and so, don't like, even know about it. Well, to prevent. Right. <laughs> and so, to like, prevent. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I'm just mean like that is judged because yeah. they're like, oh, well, you know what I mean? Like, I think like they, I'm, I want to get to a place where they don't or, have like, to like bathroom it. Bathroom rights. They don't like, have to like gender it. Gender identity, mm-hmm. things like that. But like, sure. You gotta be okay with it. Do you remember how, like, when we were just a little bit younger, the term was tolerance and accept tolerance and acceptance. And now I think space and safe space. But now I, I'm like, don't fucking tolerate me. Right, exactly. Don't fucking nothing to tolerate. tolerate. There's nothing to tolerate. I'm here and I'll punch you out. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like people are different than you. Like grow up. Yeah, grow up. And so I I fear what's different, and that's why those types of things right. born this way it gets better right. you know the, I have to struggle etc is all created to somehow make people feel uncomfortable with what's different mm. and when if it, you don't like it leave leave me alone yeah. nobody's inviting you to fucking pride exactly just don't go yeah mm-hmm. don't go although I do always feel a little I don't bad. go either I hate pride <laughs> I, feel, I fucking hate pride I feel a little <laughs> bad whenever I hear about like gay days at Disneyland where like uh, all these gay people go and yeah. they're like you know that there's a couple like families from the Midwest that happened oh, in Disneyland yeah. no idea that happened it was to me at day. Disneyland a couple years ago I so gay it was like it isn't sanctioned by I think Six Flags it is sanctioned but at Disneyland gay days isn't sanctioned and the way in which you participate in gay days is you wear a red shirt you wear something red and that's how you identify who's there for gay days for that day but that but at the hotels outside and everything they have like shows and stuff and I was performing on one of the shows then I got to go into the park it's nice. like part of my paycheck yeah. and I'm seeing people walk around with red shirts of course it's all like you know gay dudes and like big bears and yeah. lesbians and like families and it's really wonderful and then you see these like straight families where like the little boy accidentally wore a red shirt. The dad wore a red shirt. And it's just like all these things. And I just love it that everyone's like, why are there so many? 
What's I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's oh the best. It literally makes me cringe right now. Thinking <laughs> no, about I what? love it. Just, I love just the it. discomfort of like, even though, the, you know, they're quote wrong, but like the discomfort of like a bigoted, like conservative mm. family from the Midwest <laughs> no, showing I up to it. Disneyland it's, on the they wrong need day. They need to experience They that. need it. Yeah, I, for yeah. sure. I don't, I, yeah. I, yeah, I'm but not, you're like also like, oh it's man. Ju- it's still just like, it's a it funny, just makes me It's cringe. a funny image. It's a funny <laughs> premise. Yeah. Them like waiting online to get, waiting to get like, I don't know. Figment. A Dole Whip. Figment doesn't exist anymore, but <laughs> yeah. a Dole Whip. They're yeah. getting a churro, and then as soon as they see the, the phallicness of the churro, they're like, I'll have cotton candy. <laughs> yeah. Well, Matt, I'm sorry. We, we haven't, we didn't have a lot of time to talk. It felt like it went so fast. We think we talked oh. about a lot of good things. I know, yeah. but there's so much more. Do you want to ask something else? Um, yeah. Let me ask oh, you. Okay. Let me ask you something. Well, sure. you, what, you went to the White House. Didn't you? Yeah, for bi- for bisexual like um, visibility. Yeah, during Obama's during Trump's bisexual visibility probably looks different. What, what, what um, was that? Was that fun? I was like crying. I was like sure. very yeah, overwhelmed because it was super. It was like all these bi people, and we got to talk on like a live stream I'm on WhiteHouse.gov, and like I just uh, so I got to talk, and like my dad texted me after and was like, "I'm so proud of you," oh, and all yeah. this stuff. Because um, my, I, I, you hinted at this, but my parents are a little bit like your parents, where mm-hmm. they just like love it. Yeah, your They're mother like, is love, love, lovely, love. and your father <laughs> is really <laughs> sexy. Uh, oh. When have you seen my dad? You showed a picture at a show. I forget. Or no, oh. did your mother somewhere? I saw a picture somewhere at a show we were doing or something, um, and I was like, "Oh, he's a looker." He still has all his hair at seventy-one. Yeah, he's um, a sexy one. Wow. But anyway, so so yeah, so like my parents are like so like their dream is that they get to go on Facebook and argue by going, well, my gay daughter. Yes, yes, like, yes. this is, like, they love yes, it. Yes. Like, my mom being able to say to her coworkers, my daughter and her partner is, like, chef's kiss. Like, her <laughs> yeah, dream. Yeah, yeah. Do your it's, parents it's just like both Sandy. have bumper stickers on their car that are the rainbow flag? No, they have, mine like, do. LGBTQ for Clinton. <laughs> of course. Oh, so I love my it. mom goes to meet my mom. I was, like, home, and she had her phone background, and it was a rainbow. And I go, <laughs> what? What is that? And she goes, it's for you. Yes. And I go, Aww. you've never showed me that. Yes. And also, I don't live here. That's and it. also, what? Listen, I literally said to my parents, you know, when you drive around in your cars, people think you're gay. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 6,000 miles away, <laughs> and my I'm mom's saying. answer is, I don't care. So oh, what? I'll, I'll, so I'll, send, I'll send your parents a That's bumper amazing. sticker. I'll send your parents a bumper sticker that says, I love my pan-curious son. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm not complaining about it. I'm not complaining about it. It's just very funny and silly. Maybe next time we'll have you back in with your parents. Or we can live stream or call them. They would love it. That'd be awesome. And your sister, too. My sister lives here, yeah. Yeah. Great, she doesn't yeah. care any. She only she only hangs out with lesbians. She's delightful. She's straight and has um, no queer and yes. has no straight friends. She is so delightful. everybody could just find you online at Gabby Dunn, right? Yeah, and Instagram is Gabby Road, which is a stupid Beatles reference. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Gabby. Well, thanks, Gabby. Gabby. Yeah, thanks for having me. And another thing. And another thing. Let's talk about game shows. <laughs> we all like game shows here. <laughs> We, Do we? Right? Don't we all like our own? I love ver- the way you segue into this every time. <laughs> I li- I like picture you at home, like sitting with like a pencil tapping your chin, and you're like, oh, "Got it." Game shows. We all like game shows. I wanted. I love the topics being so neutered and so yeah, like yeah, yeah. sexually nothing. Yeah. That they're yeah. just like not even strange, just like almost juvenile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I sh- if we're gonna talk game shows, I will start by saying that I have been on one. One game show. That's right. I as was on Wheel of Fortune as a kid. Yeah. 
um, which you can look up on YouTube, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's up there. Hi, Elliot. Hi. Elliot Glazer, right, from uh, St. James, New York, a sixth grader. Where are you going to school? What do you like to study? Anything else you'd like to talk about? I, I'm a sixth grader at Smith 10 Middle School. Mm-hmm. I enjoy reading, writing, and watching Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Uh, and a couple years ago, I was going through money problems, and Elliot was like, oh my God. you need to audition for Wheel of Fortune. It's easy money. It it's is easy money. such it's easy money. It is not easy money yes, when you don't is. get on it. I, well, get on I it. was going to say, neither I, of us got on it. I can't I, get on it because they know, I've asked them, can I? I come back as an adult. They said money. no. It's so easy. Easy is if you get cast. Let me let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I I just took the Jeopardy quiz. Yes. Yeah. I got fifty percent correct. You should just go so you know. on the show. I did, which I think is considered bad. But still, uh, I swear to God, I've watched Wheel of Fortune, what a thousand times, like we all have. I haven't. I yeah. I mean, when it's on, I watch it. I have never. Once gotten the the puzzle. I'm oh. so bad. I am amazed. Even the Wheel when it's of like three blanks left, I'm like, what is it? The Jing of Queens? See, I I'm amazing at Wheel of Fortune because I have however my brain works. It's not like a. It's not just like a playing hangman. It's an understanding of how the game works and understanding yeah. what consonants to choose before which other consonants, what vowels are worth choosing, understanding that at a certain point you should not spin the wheel. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I understand the ins and outs right. of it and only had one chance and blew it because, as my mom puts it, the kid who won was two years older and that's not fair. <laughs> I don't, I've never really And by been... the way, the guy who, sorry, I should I just to add, the guy who did win the episode that I was on and walked away with Forty-five thousand dollars and two cars, one for him and one for his teacher, uh, lost it all in um, bad uh, uh, junk bonds. I think or or (laughs) bad investments. How did you know that? Because we text, we talked on Facebook. He didn't talk to Larry Glazer about how to invest his money. He did not. He did not. I I never really have been into game shows. You haven't? Why don't I assume you were? No, I mean I watched Jeopardy sometimes. That's probably my favorite. You should do Jeopardy. I think you would be very good. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! You would both. Be great on Jeopardy. Well, thank you, Elliot. I know you see the University of Michigan alumni uh, I do. diploma on the wall, and you think I'd be great. I am really slow. Like I, 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 I did okay on that quiz, but when another one, when I'm watching it, I send never beat them. Send me that quiz. I, boy, we'll send yeah. you right now because I want to know how well you're going to do. Uh, I never beat them in timing. I'm just I, my name recall is really bad, mm. so oh, see, I that's would one never thing that do I'm it. good at. Like, I mean, I'm I'm really good at sort of remembering those sort of like dumb details about things. Yeah, I want I'm you to do it. I'm not good at remembering like people I've met. <laughs> By the way, you know they tape the entire week in yes. one day. Yes, I know that. So whenever someone Same thing with wins, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. But whenever someone wins on Jeopardy, it's the same four days day. in a row, that means they fucking killed it four, within five, five hours. Yes, yeah. and changed outfits five Change times. It. So Ken Jennings, yeah. it's even more... I mean, obviously... Everyone knows that they tape these things usually in chunks. Yes. But, like, I'd never even considered that, yeah, Jeopardy's yeah, How long all... was he winning for? Uh, I think it was, like, 100 days? I forget now. Wow. Pat and Vanna and Alex have the easiest jobs in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And the the weirdest part about Pat Sajak is that he's so Republican yeah. and so conservative that is even he? though they— Yeah, even though they film here in L.A. or Burbank, or in, in Burbank, actually— yeah. <clears throat> he lives in Annapolis because he wants to be close to the military. Yeah, Annapolis, Maryland, because he like gets a hard on. Which is like you're near. so gay. <laughs> I went, so, I, I, when I went to the Wheel of Fortune audition at the suggestion of Elliot Glazer, thinking that it would be, I would easily be casted. I'd sit there do it. 
I did it. I was fine in mm. the tests and everything. But the person who was like the person who worked on the show recognized me from the Golden Girls oh, podcast. Wow. Okay, and oh. so then she messaged me afterwards, oh. and they said I was. <laughs> they literally said you're too well known to be on the show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, See, the thing wow. is to get on the show, which I don't feel well known at all. Well, the thing is on the show. <laughs> I mean, you have a lot of Twitter followers, but the thing that on doesn't the, mean anything. On the sh- yeah, because Twitter loves Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. The thing on the, the thing about being on that show is. I guess they don't want you to be too colorful because yeah. there is – and it's the same thing with um, House Hunters, which is not a game show. But ultimately there is this safety in people being forcibly banal and mm-hmm. boring yeah. and basic, which is why when I watch Wheel of Fortune, I think it's fascinating because you watch Pat who has – Who's like mummified at this point? Yeah, sort of horrifying. <laughs> sort of, just, sort of, um, <laughs> just just kind of engage with these people on such a distinctly neutered, like like a level of of beige nothingness, yeah. where they don't get to know each other at all, and it's the most awkward. Like it's so, it's almost awkward. Mm-hmm, and yeah. when and the, but my, I do love seeing uh, at the in the final round when somebody is gay. And Pat brings them over to the, uh, you know, to the to in front of the puzzle board, and says, "And who'd you bring with you tonight?" And a guy or a girl will point to their husband or wife or girlfriend, and you just see Pat sort of just for a second. There's just a a, a slight <laughs> bit of like, you know, Twinge fire in his yeah. eye, and I love it. It's so uh, he's. I also, would doubt that Pat Sajak is a homophobe. No, no, yeah, I wouldn't either. I highly but, doubt but, that. I, but, 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 but there is something very <laughs> Merv funny. Merv Griffin and, created Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, right. Big old homo. Wait, Merv Griffin's gay? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't released. It wasn't, it wasn't like revealed made until official until he yeah. died. Yeah, creator oh. of Jeopardy, Wheel of yeah. Fortune, and yeah. lots of different things. Holy shit! Yeah. But uh, you just just a, a little footnote: when you watch Wheel of Fortune, if you want to know what Pat, what goes on in Pat Sajak's heart, watch the difference between when he, a woman. In the final round, <laughs> oh, goes to the board, and I a think man you're advances. Into this to, too no, much. listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> It, depending on the gender, Pat will either grab a woman's hand and lead her five steps to her mark, sure. and if it's with, with a man, he never will even do that. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's so funny to me because it's but, so yeah, bizarre. It's a little, little like patronizing. Yeah, yeah. you don't need to. You don't need to walk me there. I'm gonna get on there and I'm gonna grab. Would you, Pat would you do Price hand. Right, Prices Right? Would you go there? I have. So I have <laughs> done Prices Right. I, I we have friends I, who won I, cars on. Them. I wasn't called up to be. You know, play the game, but I did go to Prices Right with um, my friend Carrie, who I co-host, who will do this podcast someday. Carrie Doherty, we co-host the Golden Girls podcast together, and enough, enough we, crossover talk. We Alan. both, we both went out of our way. I like put like something about cancer on my shirt. I created this shirt yeah. just to try to like get yeah, them yeah, to yeah, notice yeah. me. Yeah. You know? Um, and Carrie did something similar, and neither of us got called up. Was well, about she got, cancer too? <laughs> yeah, she was like, "My friend had cancer." Um, <laughs> and but it was it was it was actually surprisingly fun. And I will say, Drew Carey is a fantastic television host. Oh, I have mm. no doubt he's very yeah, good he's at very it. good, and he's very like chill even during the commercial breaks. He talks to the audience. It's very mm-hmm. cool. It's a fun hour. I definitely have. I love weird game shows and I used to love that's probably my favorite Price is Right what about did you guys watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire uh-huh. and it's Eric, loved the it the best I still watch I watched it with Meredith Vieira for a long time because mm. I loved me her. too and I do really well on Who Wants to Be also a Millionaire also a show you should go on I tried and failed uh, at the test but you I should do it I would try for that I have done now, that test actually and I think I've gotten really let, far let me do give you well. one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, YouTube videos there was a guy who played Millionaire his name's I think it was Charles Ingram he played millionaire in the UK and he cheated. And he cheated. They didn't catch it at first, but everyone in the studio knew something was up because the guy was really dumb. Mm. 
but he won a million pounds in the UK by playing. And here's how he Which cheated. Which is like $40 billion. And it's, it's incredible because you can find video of this happening and it's, it's unbelievable how obvious it is. He had one of the contestants in his pocket, a much smarter contestant. So he got called. Charles got called into the hot seat and the contestant would cough every time Charles said the right answer. So by the end of – so Charles knew like the first six or seven questions. Oh, that's genius. And then it's not because he got caught. But by the end, he would say, OK, so let's see. Let's see. What's – what's you know, the question is, you know, what, what, you know, what, what is – how big is this number or whatever? He says, let, me, let me think. Is it A? Hmm. B? I don't know. C? Cough. It could be C. Cough. Could, be, could it be D? I think it's C. Final answer. And he that I swear to God, you can find Sorry, this video. Who, who was in the, the who was in the audience? It was a contestant, one of the other ten contestants. You know, and they were they like going to split the money or something. Yeah, and they, they the the agreement was that they were going to split the money. So one of the other uh-huh. people doing like the fastest finger. But how did they call. know every answer? They just did. He's much smarter than Ingram. That's incredible. And so you can yeah. find video of this guy, and the best part is he's getting these questions, and he's deducing, quote-unquote, the answer without logic. So he'll say, you know, I think it might be A. It might be I'm B. leaning towards B. Whereas most often, most often they're like, right. most often they're like, well, I know that right. the American exactly. Revolution was in the 1700s, so exactly. I know it's not B. Like, they do. Exactly. Yeah. It's so... He's like, I like the letter D, cough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I choose I, I, D. I choose hey, D. Don't be racist. It's one of my races. What? You're making some weird voice. No, I'm doing like a baby voice. I like the letter D. <laughs> cough, cough. I thought you were doing like an Indian voice. I was no. not. <laughs> no, I, don't, I did not interpret that. But with, with Elliot's egregious racism, <laughs> we'll end this segment. I, no, I will, I'll just say one more thing that um, for me, there, there is no – there really isn't a hotter man to me than the guy who hosted Press Your Luck. Peter something. I have no clue what that show is or who that oh, is. Oh, yes. Vaguely remember. So oh, wait, no. Supermarket Sweeps. I loved Supermarket <laughs> Sweeps. <laughs> you did. Of course you did. Of course you did. What would your aunt say? Um, what would your aunt say about something we said on the episode today, Brent? What the hell is Pancurious? <laughs> I love your aunt's voice. Yeah. My aunt would say... Wait a minute. They don't have an e in the in the word grinder. Why do they spell it without an e? <laughs> That's just illogical. My aunt Anne would say, "It's not racist to do an Indian voice. You know that Apu Boo 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 on Simpsons. He tell is your, so funny." Tell your aunt I wasn't doing an Indian voice. <laughs> Jesus. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan, and I am H. Alan Scott. Show.